The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by 8 Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, good morning once again, and welcome to Hope Reigns. My name is Steve Tiber, along with my co-host, Mr. Mike Fiella. I am here alive and well and looking forward to this show. It's been a crazy, crazy time, but this is a great time to get together. And hey, hey, let me just say this. 195 cities. Get on the phone, call somebody, tell them to tune in. We got a great show lined up today. Oh, we are so excited that you've joined us. Um, You are listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope, and it's... um, Wow, it is across yes. the nation, Mike. Yeah. I know last week we got a couple of emails and texts from people in Kansas and Ohio and Virginia and down in Mississippi. So all of our friends are listening everywhere. Mm. Thank you so much. And we are so excited to uh, to see what God is doing yeah. as we share these God-sized sure. stories from the mission field. And each week we're going to have something special. You know, we kicked it off last week with Frank and Linda Reich. It's just, uh, yes. you know, not now um, was the is the name of the organization. N- yes, not today. Or not today, yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. It's yeah. all right. It's early. Uh, it's, it's early. It's early. <laughs> I need to finish my coffee. So we're going to have a lot of great shows lined up for, for you, the listeners, to just tap into what God is doing, whether it's this uh, COVID situation mm. or safe houses. You're going to hear all kinds of information on what God is doing through Eight Days of Hope. So what is Eight Days of Hope? Again, we, we don't want to go weekly and tell you every single time what this ministry is all about. But bottom line is this ministry, founded after Hurricane Katrina, we serve and love people. Uh, following natural disasters. And that's what we were for about 12 years, Mike. We Mm -hmm. have rebuilt about 6,000 homes for free, all in the name of Jesus, sharing the gospel wherever we go. But now God has allowed, it's the prayer of Jabez, Mike. The, the, The doors have opened very wide and the Holy Spirit is moving and we're following. It's been amazing. Yeah, and you know who would think, or what do you say, who would the thunk? There you <laughs> go. People yeah, say that yeah. that uh, you and your dad went down to the, you know, where Katrina hit, and uh, that was a kind of a an well, eye opener and a stretch then. Yeah, but you know, it was supposed to be my dad and I and a couple of buddies ended up being six hundred eighty four people. Uh, you know, so we've done these rebuilding trips. We now have a rapid response team. Recently, we were in Nashville to help the tornado vac- victims there, and of course, last week we talked with Frank and Linda Wright. Go to our website eightdaysofhope.com. Frank is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. His bride, Linda, sweet lady. Uh, they have started a national ministry that is, in essence, going to partner and be an umbrella for Eight Days of sure. Hope to provide safe places for those rescued from sex trafficking. So, Mike, it's the prayer of Jabez. It is, and it's grown, it's grown. If you've missed any of the previous shows, you can go to the website and click on media, and then you can look up the past shows. Look at you, Mike. You're on it. Hey, I just I, my coffee's it. kicking You're in, Steve. It. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ready for this morning. We are so thankful. WDCX is based in Buffalo, and they're part of the Crawford Broadcasting family in Southern Ontario, Western New York. We're actually broadcasting and, and taping this here in Western New York. But now, uh, American Family Radio, a partner of Eight Days of Hope, is helping us get the word out through 195 additional markets. Yeah. So thank you to both WDCX and Crawford and AFR. We're not going to mention that every week, but without both of them saying sure. yes, we could be sharing what God is doing, Mike. No, AFR, they are very, were and still are very instrumental on in how Eight Days of Hope actually got yes. kicked off and got going. You're right. that, that's a story that we got to share sometime in we itself. We will. We will. Well, thank you and welcome for uh, welcome to hang out. Welcome 
that you're here today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hang out with us. Yeah. Absolutely. Today we have a really special guest. We want to talk a little bit today, Mike, about how the church is responding to COVID-19. Okay. Uh, you know, this virus. Now, I, I, I get it. I'm on social media and I see some friends mm-hmm. that are anti-mask and some friends that are for mask and some friends that think that it's a, <laughs> a conspiracy and others, oh, you know, c- you know, sharing that, hey, you know, I'm a nurse and a doctor and this is real. We're not going to go down that path today. All right. That's good. We're going to go down the path that God calls his people to love and serve those in need. And right now, Mike, there's a lot of people in there need. There is a tremendous amount of need from those shut-ins to the elderly who are afraid to go out. Um people that have lost their jobs. I I, we, I still drive by my favorite restaurants and pray for those, uh, oh, you know, the you. waiters, the waitresses. And I, I, I think of them. I know some personally. And sure. I know that, um, you know, they, they got families to support. So, you know, this is, this is it. but it was, as we're going to get into today, this is an opportunity for us as individuals to stand together, work together, the church to stand up. Eight Days of Hope is, is is standing up in a big time. Did you ever think that you're going to have with your list of uh, COVID responses? Oh now what about what we do? Yeah, you know, people say, well, Eight Days of Hope they tarp roofs, they they build things, right? And yeah. and you know, they have a feeding ministry where they they help people as well. But COVID nineteen, you know, we we've had a pivot, Mike. Okay. God has given an, <clears throat> us an opportunity. This is the perfect time for the church to shine. Yes. Yes. Church, this is the time to shine, not for your name of your church or your That's denomination. Right. If you know Jesus. You met him, you have a relationship, you love him. He has called you to be the hands and feet of Jesus himself. Yes, and and you're doing this. Use your context, use your influence to get all the resources that are necessary to reach into people's lives. And I don't want to say when this is over, because I don't think it's really going to be over, over, but it's going to be a change. I think God's doing something special in our hearts. He's bringing people together. But use the influence that God has given you as you're doing, uh, to bring people together and to serve and to love. So some of the things that Eight Days of Hope has done, uh, we were in Nashville when COVID-19 really started to ramp up and we had to modify some things while we were serving the tornado victims. I mean, our heart was broken for the victims of the tornadoes because people were no longer coming to serve them because of COVID-19. And I get it. I respect that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, we We had to feed our volunteers differently. We had to house them differently. We had, you know, you had to start practicing something that we all know now that word social distancing oh yes but we were doing it on the fly and i'll tell you the leaders down in nashville did a great job mike mm-hmm. but but while we were there we very quickly followed the lead of the holy spirit we we came up with creative ways so some of the things that eight days hope has been a part of in tupelo mississippi is our national headquarters okay. we partnered with american family radio and we found a way mike to provide uh, 30,000 hot meals yes. to shut-ins, the elderly, widows, uh, people whose whose families were not getting meals because mom and dad was at the hospital working. Okay. And, and so we did that for about two weeks. It was We had never done anything like that, Mike, yeah. but we had a pivot, right? You had? Um, a door opened, and, and we just we wanted to find a way to serve. So what was the number of families that, that 30, served? 29,982 <laughs> meals were served, Mike. You wanted to know. Yeah, I, yeah, I wanted, I'm a numbers yeah. guy. You know that. So it was amazing how God moved. Very quickly, sure. we delivered them safely with no human contact. Okay. We prayed, Mike, with hundreds, mm. hundreds of families yeah. who are confused. They're dazed. They, they they don't, they, you know, they're not sure what's going on. They just lost their job. Sure. They're a waiter, waitress. You know, is my restaurant ever going to reopen? So that was the first thing we did. The second thing we did is, you know, God has allowed us 
I don't say a circle of influence because it kind of sounds self-promoting, but you know, through relationships of doing disasters, sure. we were able now, the number t- as of this morning is we were able to purchase, no, we were able to locate okay. and purchase and safely deliver over 200,000 masks. Well, see, that's the thing. You, you're you going about your business of uh, either rapid response or rebuild, and God's giving the resources, as I mentioned earlier, in context who would have thought that you'd have to make those contacts for masks for something like this? <laughs> right, right. And, you're, and you're buying the mask anyway for the, to help our workers sure. back in the day. Sure. Now it's a new day. It and is we're, a new and, day. Uh, so we're using the contacts for Jesus here. Two other things we did um, just to keep the listeners in the loop of, and we want to give you ideas. We're not trying to like beat our chest and like, this is what we've done, right? right, right. It's more of like, here's some ideas. It could be simple things. So, you know, making food delivering it safely, praying with people over the phone, Here delivering masks. In Buffalo, New York, where our Northeast Satellite is located, we um, we partnered with uh, a bunch of local churches, local businesses, and we safely delivered to families, 1,109 families, groceries that will last them a week to 10 days, Mike. So people got food delivered safely. And we're talking about brand name stuff. We're not talking, right. I'm not knocking the, the, the lesser brands. Sure. But this is the perfect time for the church to shine. We delivered safely, again, prayed with many, many families. And now this next week in Buffalo, in 14215, okay, that's where our, that's our zip code, great. that's yeah. where our building's at. There you go. Uh, we're going to offer free, te- well, we are, we're partnering with uh, Jericho's Road okay. and um, Councilman Wyatt and some others to provide free testing for those who have no insurance and don't know where to go to get testing. And, you know, do I have the antibodies and all that? So that's going to be happening next week. So there are ways that the church can still move during a time like this. Let me, let me encourage you too. When you you say this, Steve, I want to encourage you that the church you go to that you cannot go to right now, encourage your pastor, continue to to give to that church because they're still doing things. It's, it's a harder work now. But uh, we need to support our pastors. I, I took a little time this past week. Some of the pastors I know in the area, I just uh, sent a little text, hey, praying for you and your congregation. Oh, you. I hope things are going well. I'm that's not good. patting myself on no, the back no, with that's, that. that's the right but thing to I'm, do. What I'm saying is, you know, parishioners, just you know, bless your pastors. Send them a quick note. Hey, I know it's a tough time and uh, praying for you. And that's going to go miles as, as well as, you know, still tied to the church. The work still is going forward. Yeah, and actually a lot of churches in western New York and northeast Mississippi and even Cedar Rapids where we're, we'll be launching our Midwest satellite here later this summer. Right. Uh, many, many churches, different denominations are still finding ways to come together to serve people who have nowhere to turn. So we applaud you churches out there. Thank you so much for being on the front lines. If you've been meeting through you know, the internet or Zoom or you know, a social media site, um, this has been a great time too, Mike. Mm. Almost every week I'm going and visiting like two or three different churches. I mean, mm. I am a home church. I, you know, I, every yeah. week we're there, we're yeah. watching. But you know, I'm watching a church in Tupelo, Mississippi. I'm watching Our Savior's Church in Lafayette, Grace Church in Houston, people we've partnered with in the past. It's been a lot of fun to see the different And you're styles. seeing all these churches and you don't even have to go out your front door, right? <laughs> I know. I can say, don't tell anyone. I can sit in my pajamas, right? Have my cup of coffee and, 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 and worship in the living room. But oh, awesome. hey, welcome to Hope Reigns. This is the broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Today, Mike, we have a special guest, Chad oh, yes. Stutzman. Mm. Chad is uh, one of our leaders at Eight Days of Hope. Actually, he sits on the board of Eight Days of Hope. He's one of our board members. Sure. He's a pastor. He's an executive pastor at a church in the middle of Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking today about two things, Mike. One, how their church, what the church has done since COVID-19. Okay. And, and secondly, Chad writes a lot of uh, blogs and, and has a lot of things that he publishes about leadership 
And, mm, and today in the second segment with Chad, we're going to talk a little bit about his recent article, Six Leadership Lessons I've Learned During the Pandemic. Yes. I'll tell and this you, was good stuff. I, I printed the whole thing out and I was just reading and, and, and I was just taken to another place. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, wow. I mean, well, I don't want to start to start throwing out some of the sub- subject matter. We'll, we'll get to it. But, yes. you, you know, we'll give you the information on how you can download it and get this. It's almost like a little journal type it of is. thing. It's a, it's a booklet of how we can do better in leadership in our church. Yes, please, 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 please let others know. Uh, text your 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 closest friend that that you know is ministry minded, mission focused, right. and let them know. Tell them to tune in right now on our website. Uh, you can listen to our podcast, of course. Uh, so thankful here in Western New York, Southern Ontario, across the country. You're listening to Hope Reigns, and we're so excited today to uh, to share this wisdom with you from Chad. It's going to be an amazing interview. Hey, we're going to be back in just a moment, and when we do. We're going to have Chad Stutzman with us here on Hope Reigns as we talk about uh, ways you and I and others can lead during this pandemic uh, for the body of Christ, leading and being the hands and feet of Jesus. So we're going to be back in just a second. Hey, you're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is thankful for ministry partners like Provia, a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia's mission is to serve by caring for details, and each employee strives to do that every day. Provia combines automation and human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More about Provia's mission and products at Provia.com, P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of 8 Days of Hope. 2020 is going to be a busy year and you'll have plenty of opportunities to come love and serve those in need with 8 Days of Hope. One of the new arms of the ministry is our safe house construction ministry. We travel the country and we partner with an existing ministry and help them renovate, build, or remodel facility to provide a safe place for those who've been rescued from sex trafficking. For more information, as always, please go to our website. Eight Days of Hope started as a disaster relief ministry, and it has continued to grow since then. We partner with an organization called Bigger Than Ball. Bigger Than Ball partnered with us when we went to Houston, Texas after Hurricane Harvey. We partnered with the Houston Astros. We rebuilt eight baseball diamonds in Bigger Than Ball, then put on a free sports camp. Eight Days of Hope is much more than disaster relief. For more information about this ministry or any arms of the ministry of Eight Days of Hope, please go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. Come be the hands and feet of Jesus. For the loved in vain 
to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. And Mike, I love that song. It's uh, brand you... new. It's fresh. It's hot. Oh it's, my. it's Oh my gosh. So for King and Country, uh-huh. they partnered with Tori Kelly. And okay. did you did you hear the other voice in the background? Uh, a Franklin did Kirk I hear? Franklin. Kirk yes, Franklin. Yes, good for you. Right. You know your music. <laughs> so they just came out this song called Together. Okay. And we just thought it'd be, it's the right song to hear today when we right talk time. about COVID-19. Yeah, and we, you always say this, we say this, we are better together. We can't be doing this alone because somebody down the street has resources or ideas and we need to partner together and, and, and just kind of converge on this, if that's the right word, and get this get this thing under control. Well, to me, it's also the church working together. And we've seen that happen all across the country, Mike. We see, right. we see denominations setting aside their mm-hmm. differences, much like Eight Days of Hope trips when we Just go out and, say that. and yeah. serve after disaster. But they're coming up with creative ways to to come together. Um, you know, I, I see that there's some churches down south, they're letting their parking lot be used by other churches that maybe right. don't have the biggest parking lot. Or uh, So there's a lot of creative ways. And today, Kind of like the song that for King and Country just sang together. Um, I like the their, their sentence in there. We will rise together. Together. We will yes, rise, we'll together. rise together. Yeah. Um, today, though, Mike, we are excited to have Chad Stutzman. Chad uh, is a board member of Eight Days of Hope. He's been a, a volunteer for many, many years. He lives in Ohio. And um, Chad, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you, brother? It's good hearing your voice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, man, uh, doing really good. Um, here in Ohio, things are starting to open up a little bit, so that feels good. So, yeah, yeah, doing well. So, Mike, I, I don't yeah. know if you know this, but Chad is like the biggest uh, proponent of coffee. It's really? not unusual. I found him out of his social sites, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit why I do for many reasons. <laughs> but, um, Chad, you post more pictures of you and your coffee than anyone I know. <laughs> I know. I I think I might have a problem, but uh, <laughs> uh, brother, we'll be praying for you on that coffee. Let's have a moment of silence yeah. for Chad and this yeah. coffee issue. <laughs> and and just as an FYI, Chad, do you know that you can buy coffee at our website, eightdayshope.com, click on the missionary page, and every time you buy a bag of coffee through Eight Days of Hope, our partner, My Brother's Cup, a portion of that supports the missionaries with Eight Days of Hope. How's that? Yeah, that is fantastic. I love that, and yeah, I'll be supporting that for sure. Good. Thank you. Well, um, Chad, just let's knock some things out, not that we just have to knock them out, but why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, what you're doing, uh, maybe about uh, your bride, and anything else you want to share about you personally. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm, I'm a pastor, and uh, I've been in ministry now for somewhere around 18, 19 years, somewhere in that neighborhood. And um, over the last uh, little over a year, I've been with a, a new church. Uh, it's called Grace Church. Uh, we're in Northeast Ohio, so uh, kind of uh, in that Amish country, 
uh, kind of between Cleveland and Columbus in that area, uh, just south of Canton. Um, so we've been in, lived in this area my whole life, and so love this community, love this area. I've uh, been doing ministry here for quite a while, and uh, I'm executive pastor at Grace Church, and I'm also campus pastor. We're uh, one church in two locations, and uh, so been doing that. I've uh, been married for uh, this month is 31 years. Yeah, congratulations! Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, man. So uh, we we live in the uh, town of Walnut Creek, um, a beautiful community, kind of a tourist area, and uh, yeah, we love it here, and so. Uh, you know, doing stuff in our community has always been super important to me, and so I think we're going to talk about that a little bit. But um, yeah, that's that's basically my story. Well, Chad, so how? Uh, let's go right into that. How how are you and your church reaching out to those in that particular area? It sounds a little more rural, is it not? It is. Yeah, it, it's definitely rural America. Um, we, when we launched our first campus, uh, this would have been back in November, uh, when I went to Grace Church, they were one, one location and uh, wanted to grow, and I had been part of a multi-site church uh, before that, and uh, so I had a lot of experience with that. So I came in and helped launch a, a campus in Sugar Creek, Ohio, um, and it's a small campus, um, but when we launched, I had a team of about 50 people, Wow. and and we, we said that we didn't want to just be another church in town, uh, that we really wanted to bless our community. And so uh, even back then in November, uh, we, we put a team together and we started thinking about how can we do outreach into our community and, and bless people, you know, uh, help people, whatever that looked like. And so we'd been talking about this and doing some things. And then when, when, when things shut down back in, I think it was March, uh, like early March, we stopped doing church um, and started, you know, just doing online things. Um, one of the things that came to my mind is, you know, we need to ramp up our efforts in the community. Okay. A lot of uncertainty, stuff like that. So we did a, a, a thing called Love Sugar Creek, and uh, we pulled that team together and we started thinking, like, how can we bless our community? One of the things that came up really quickly was our local school system was having uh, lunch, like they have students that are on a lunch program. Okay. And so they were serving uh, lunches to the kids. The families were coming and picking up their lunches uh, like they would if they were in school. And so we asked the, the, the school if it would be okay if we'd bless those families. And mm-hmm. so we said, hey, let, we'll make freezer meals. Uh, we'll have our people prepare them, and we'll have them at the church, and they can just drive around the building. We'll give them a meal, and they can go go home. Don't even have to get out of the car. So we decided, hey, well, let's do this for six weeks. And so we started <laughs> six in. Six weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, we went big. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling mm. you. Yeah. So first week, we we partnered with another church. That was the beauty of this. I love we realized that. it's probably that. too big for us. So Together, we called yeah. the church down the road. And uh, they did 100 meals. We did 100 meals that first week. There you go. And uh, we just kept it going. Uh, and we branched out. Uh, we found that people were a little bit reluctant to just drive through. So we opened it up to the whole community and just said, it, you don't have to you know, be necessarily in need. If you want a meal or you know someone who wants a meal, come and get it. And we also deliver, started delivering to, to businesses, like essential business people that were still working mm-hmm. to bless mm-hmm. their employees, uh, local hospitals, uh, different things like that. So we did that for six weeks. We've served over 1,300 meals. 
Oh, um, my. Um, free, freezer meals, you know, that are, like, pretty substantial. And uh, then, then I, I have a connection with a community south of us called Uricksville. And I just felt like God was telling me to call a couple of the, the ladies that I know there that are part of a nonprofit and, and said, hey, do you guys want some meals <laughs> and to, to bless your community? <laughs> I love that. And I, I, I said, how about love Uricksville? And they, they loved it. And oh. uh, so, we, so we've, we've done about 400 meals to oh, them nice. as well. Yeah, so that was the big part of what we did. Sure. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of meals, a lot of snacks, and, and delivering all over, you know, surrounding wow. communities. You know, Mike, such a practical thing. Sometimes yes. we, we feel like we have got to do something on a grand scale mm-hmm. and, and, you know, have 26 mm-hmm. points of contact. Sure. It, we all eat, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? Well, we all need to eat. What a practical way, though, Mike, for the church yeah. to be a to glimpse be of Jesus. And everybody has it in them a desire to want to help and and to give and this is just another great avenue to jump on i mean you had to have a bunch of people trying to prepare these meals and donate with their freezers to freeze these things oh i mean yeah. what a, what a, what a it, job. it was it was cool how how it came together like there was a, a couple that was helping us run this had an old freezer so they brought it up put it on our front porch <laughs> and, and you know we put them in there we we did we started having people donate money they came through and said, hey, we love what you're doing, and they would hand us cash, and some people wrote big checks, and, and okay. so we raised a good bit of money and were able to actually even buy some meals uh, from local caterers. I love that. So, yeah, it was really cool. Good. It, it I'll uh, tell you. Good for, engaged good. the whole community. You know, and it's in, and what I love, a couple things you said, Chad, I loved. And by the way, you're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. We're talking to Chad Stutzman. He's the executive pastor at Grace Church in uh, in Ohio, um, Amish country. Sugar, sugar, is that actually in Sugar Creek, um, Chad? Yeah, Sugar Creek and Berlin okay. are the two locations. Yep, know it, know it well. Okay. But what I like, Mike, a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, they partnered with another church. That's it. Yep. You know, think about some of the things that Adizo has been a part of. You know, we're better. To, we say this all the time. If you're going to listen every week, you're going to hear we're better together a lot probably the next three, four months, right? <laughs> yes. As we work through this COVID-19. But it's setting aside differences. And, you know, what we just did in Buffalo with mm-hmm. the, the Feed Buffalo program, the groceries, right. 1,100 families, right. 142 churches either sent money, right. sent volunteers, submitted names or help deliver meals absolutely oh my gosh how glorious is that well and, and listen to the principle here let me back up a little bit chad said something to the effect that he he just got before the lord and he had this idea now i'm sure he didn't have the finances lined up he didn't have the volunteers <laughs> lined up it's an idea yeah. that he followed through on the same as you you and your dad did years ago uh during C- katrina and look what how god takes it mm. expands it and pours into it isn't that an exciting thing it is chad um it, it truly, truly is. It is exciting. It starts with an idea. So there's faith involved when you get an idea like that. Now, you're, you're a leader of a church, and so, you know, very quickly you could have a meeting with staff and, and you know, Zoom them and tell them, hey, you know, here's the idea. What do you guys think? Um, just very quickly, we only got a couple of minutes in the segment. Just share briefly how God just opened up a door that you didn't see coming. Well, I, I think it was uh, the, the unexpected thing was how many people grabbed a hold of this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I actually did several interviews. There was articles written in the paper about it. And, you know, we, we weren't going into it thinking that at all, sure. you know, of, right. of, you know, all of the interest that it would and, and actually branching out into other communities beyond Sugar Creek. So that was really an unexpected God thing. You know, I, that wasn't my idea going mm-hmm. in, but it just evolved into that 
you know, God kept bringing people and, um, you know, the, the right connections to make all of that happen. And so we were able to bless a, a pretty large area of our community. We also had a, a blessing box that was donated to us. Uh, looks like a cabinet. And you put it out so that we put it outside our building and we keep it stocked. I mean, people can drop oh, off stuff and people can go. take stuff out. Love that. So oh, things like that were totally unexpected. Love that. Um, you know, but when you start something, it gets other people thinking, and, and that's when things start moving, Amen. and you can, you can make a huge difference. Uh, we're talking to Chad Stutzman today. He's the executive pastor at Grace Church in Ohio, and we're talking about COVID-19, ways that you, the church, we, mm-hmm. the church, can bless those in need. We can serve them, uh, feed them, and, and Chad just shared that story. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, We want to talk with Chad. Recently, he published something that we want to talk about, six leadership lessons that he has learned during the pandemic, and he's going to share them with you for free. For free. (laughs) We like free. I had to throw that out there. I don't know why. I just kind of, I like that. I had to say something for free today. I I wish we could This wisdom is free. (laughs) Whenever you see Steve, whenever you meet, when somebody has got to meet Steve, when he says free. There's a smile yeah, from ear to baby. ear. That this oh, is yeah. so awesome. I, I know. <laughs> Anyways, hey, when we come back in a second, we're going to talk to Chad Stutzman. But you're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope thanks Provia for their support. Provia is a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia combines automation with human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More information about the variety of products is available at Provia.com. That's P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is those who have been trafficked, sex trafficking. Eight Days of Hope has decided to be a part of making a difference with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters across the country, and that's a good thing, but there's only 600 beds for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking. And I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, But God has called the church to take its blinders off. Come be the hands and feet of Jesus. Every single month, somewhere in the country, we're going to part with an existing ministry. And for 14 days, we're going to bring skilled professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel a facility so that more can be rescued from this heinous crime. We would love to see you on a future trip. For more information about the ministry, our safe house construction ministry, please go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. This is for the question marks This is for the outcast soul Lost control, no one knows Sing it for the can't go back Sing it for the broken past Sing it for the just found out Life is now upside down If you're looking for hope tonight, raise your
Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope for King and Country. I love that song. I, I'm so I'm addicted to that song. Together. I've listened, yeah, because yeah. we're in this together. What I love right now, we're sharing mm-hmm. today a story from a pastor in the middle of Ohio. Even okay. though people are listening across the country, we're trying to give you some ideas on how you could help those in need during this pandemic. And 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 I'm, my name is Steve Tiber, and I'm with Mike Fiella. Good morning. <laughs> Good to be with you. <laughs> People are like, well, what does Stephen let Mike, Mike speak? I'm sorry, Mike. No, no I get so fine. excited sometimes. I, 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 Anyways. We're good. We're going to talk a little bit today, uh, this next segment, with Chad Stutzman, uh, who's the executive pastor at Grace Church. Six leadership lessons that you've learned during the pandemic. And the first lesson, Chad, that you, you talked about in this article was leaders have to make decisions sometimes without all the facts. Share a little bit about that. Yeah, that I mean, that, that's always been true. I mean, if, if anyone out there is a leader, you know that um, the tough part of leadership is when you've got to make a decision and you don't have all the facts. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. And with, with COVID-19 and shutdown, stay at home, all that stuff going on, a tremendous amount of uncertainty. And yet, you know, as an organization, you still have to make decisions and, and you've got to keep trying to move forward. And so, uh, you know, for me, it, it just really struck me. That was the biggest lesson uh, learned. It, it reinforced that idea that you get as much information as you can, but at some point you have to make a decision. Mm. At some point you have to decide, like, we're going to do this, we're not going to do this, we're going to try it. Um, and, you know, th- that that is the, I think that's one of the distinctions about good leaders is that if you get paralyzed, your whole organization gets paralyzed. Mm, and like uh, if you're not yeah. making a decision, it's a decision, you know? Um, so, you know, we, we, you know, you can't let fear um, drive that uh, uncertainty. All of those things can weigh into it, but uh, man, leaders have to make decisions without all the facts. Did you hear what he just said? Not making a decision is a decision. You're right, and not every decision we make as leaders is going to be is going to be the perfect decision, right? Yeah. I and mean, there's always a Monday right. morning quarterback. But to your point, you ask questions, you have to discern, you pray, but you trust your instincts, and you go. Mm-hmm. Um, leaderships leaders have to make decisions without all the facts. That was number one. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that ties right into Chad. If you could address this, this is probably one of the most difficult things that hold leaders back is the ability and flexibility are key characteristics mm-hmm. of a successful uh, of successful leaders. Talk about what if we're stuck in our ways. Right. Uh, talk, talk about that point. Yeah, in this season uh, as well, a key thing for successful leaders or organizations is you have to be adaptable and flexible. I think mm-hmm. those were two two key words that really came to mind as I was thinking about lessons learned. Uh, because you you might make a decision, 
and then the next day you got to change it. Um, <laughs> Oops, been there, done that. <laughs> own that happened. T-shirt. Own that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. We we all understand that, but right now it's so evident, uh, and so the flexibility. And so we've talked to our team a lot about that at the church of just saying, "Look, guys, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving, but we also have to be flexible." You know, as other people make decisions, it affects us. You know, as the government decision affects us. Uh, so the, just the idea of being adaptable, uh, and that means you got to be in touch. You, know, you can't just um, you know be in your own little bubble. You gotta you gotta be listening what's going on in the community, what's going on around you, what's going on with your team. Um, you got to be listening really well during this time to so you can be adaptable and flexible. You know, I always have the the thing. I want the best. So whatever's going to get us to the best, let's do it. Sure. And, and our world doesn't slow down, Chad. I mean, it's moving. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, especially now, you know, I'm getting ready to travel next week to go to multiple states, and I'm and I'm trying to uh, learn very quickly through the web what, what you can do in what state, what you can't, and the different rules. And I mean, but even those rules and guidelines could change tomorrow. So you have to be in tuned, and you have to have some yeah. humility while you're doing this as well, because um, sometimes the flexibility, you kind of, Sometimes you got to eat your words like, you know what, maybe that wasn't the right decision yesterday, but here's where we're going today. Mm-hmm. How about your number third, your, your third point, a crisis shows the emotional intelligence of a leader. Yeah, you know, emotional intelligence is, is I think, overlooked a lot of times in leadership. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, to me, that self-awareness. It's being aware of what emotions are going on inside of you. When there's a lot of uncertainty and fear going on around you, it drives emotions. Uh, no matter how steady you think you are, um, that those things uh, can make you emotional. And so you don't want your emotions to drive your decisions. Uh, you have to understand, like, if, if anger is rising up in me, why is that happening? Right. <laughs> it, you know, if, yeah. if, if fear is rising up in me, why, why is that happening? Asking yourself those kind of questions. I tell you, uh, emotionally intelligent leaders are by far the best leaders because they, mm. they don't go off of uh, – they have emotions. Absolutely, you don't want to be, like, dead. But, you know, we all have emotions, <laughs> right. but, but it, doesn't, it doesn't drive. And, and when you are in an emotional state, you know you got to wait. And when you make a decision then, with, with a ton of emotions, sometimes that decision is not the best decision, right? Exactly. Um, we're, talk, exactly. we're talking to Chad Stutzman, and he has an uh, article. Um, he, he shares a lot of things about leadership. We'll talk in a couple of minutes of how you can learn more about what, what Chad does and how he shares that through some of his social media sites. But the article that he published on May 4th, six leadership lessons I've learned during the pandemic, and we've covered three. Leaders have to make decisions without all the facts. Adaptability and flexibility are key characteristics of successful leaders. And the third one is a crisis shows the emotional intelligence of a leader. Okay, now number four, I think this happens even when uh, we're not in a a virus situation. So (laughs) help us out with this one here. Leaders will always be criticized. Oh, yeah. That, that one is that, – that's an ouch. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like that one. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> but let's go okay. on to number five. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just let's kidding. skip that one, right? Yeah, no, the, the reality is when, when you are – like you're, if you're making decisions without all the facts, you're going to make some mistakes. Sure. That's and, right. and sometimes even when you make the right call, you're going to be criticized. So as a leader, you have to do what's right and best for your organization, not necessarily what's most popular. Mm. 
and so so that that's the hard part so you're always going to especially as you grow as you get to be a bigger organization you become a bigger target and so there's always going to be critics uh and i try to to listen as much as possible but when you're in uh in in the arena so to speak uh you know if if the other people aren't there in the trenches doing the hard work i tend them as much um you know, so you have to you have to be uh, temper that, and that goes back to the emotional intelligence. You know, when you're criticized, you have to you can't get defensive, and uh, sometimes there's nuggets of truth in criticism. So I always try to look for those things. But yeah, there, there's going to be criticism, uh, absolutely, and and there's a lot of that going on right now. Well, I, I got a question to hitch to add to this here, Chad. When you're making these decisions. You know, some pastors feel like I'm the senior pastor, so it's all on my shoulders, and I have to, I have to, I have to. How, how, what's your process? Is there a governing body with you or other pastors that you just kind of rally with and talk about it before you put these things out? Or, or do you have to make— Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, that, that, there's a, a team. I always—whether you're a, the only pastor or you have a team, like we have a staff, and so we definitely talk as a staff a lot. Um, you know, me and the, the lead pastor, we, we're in communication almost daily. Uh, if you're by yourself uh, as, as the only staff person, you should still have a team. You know, okay. there, there's leaders in your church. We have an elder board that, that we run things by, you know, big decisions especially. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a lot of wisdom in that. You know, the, the more people that, that are you're listening to, getting input from, the better the decision will be. That's good. So leaders, know that you will be criticized, and I know we've got to cover two more points here um, quickly, but uh, you, you did you did state something that, that I, I have learned to do a little bit better than I have maybe in years past, and I'm not there yet, but leaders, they have to be able to take criticism, and they need to know when to respond and when not to respond. That's it. And, and you know, yeah. sometimes just sleeping on it for one night, you know, you can type that email, but don't leave it in your drafts, you know, put that text, but don't send it, sleep on it, wake up in the morning, you know, spend a little time with the Lord and then reread it. And you're probably going to find out more often than not, Chad, you've modified that or even deleted it. Yeah. Yeah. That's wise. I mean, that that's emotional intelligence and, and understanding that sometimes it's better to wait. Uh, think more about it. Maybe talk to another person before sure. you you move forward. Yeah, I, I've had a couple of those recently, <laughs> Mike. Where I, I, I have an email ready to go, but um, one I deleted, one I modified. So uh, yeah. good, good wisdom there. Number five, Chad. Faith in God really makes a difference. Yeah, this one. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I put uh, my faith into this lesson learned because that's a huge part of my life and my leadership. And even my, my personal mission statement is growing in faith, character, and leadership. So faith is, uh, is so important. And so involving God in everything, uh, all of these decisions that are having to me, all the uncertainty, all the emotional stuff, you know, I, I pray a lot. And so, you know, every decision, uh, you know, whether it's a quick prayer or a long prayer, you know, I'm involving God in everything. Mm, and so I think that's just really key, uh, you know, is everything is spiritual, you know, uh, everything that anybody in an organization does, you know, there's spiritual elements to it. And so I just try to be mindful that God is in it. He's in us. That's right. And, and you know, it's, it's so important. Awesome. Well, let's, let's, let's tackle with God, with that thought process in mind, God is in us. Let's tackle this last uh, statement here. Times like this are always preparing us 
for what is next. Mm. Yeah, this this is a good one to end with because uh, there is a next for everybody. Right. And so when you're going through, especially a crisis or a pandemic, uh, uncertainty, uh, things like that, uh, a, a trauma or a difficult uh, time, it's always preparing us for something that's coming. God is always at work in us. He brings out good from the bad. Uh, we just w- went through Psalm 23 as a church and, and preached uh, every week on just one of the verses. And that, that, that psalm really talks about God being with us, leading us. He's our shepherd. He takes us through the valleys. That's right. Uh, he protects us. He provides for us. Um, you know, so th- that's just a great reminder that no matter how difficult things are, there is a next, mm-hmm. and God is preparing you for that. Chad, you are so articulate. I could listen to Chad <laughs> speak like every Absolutely. anytime you want to just call me, Chad, because you have nothing to do and you want to speak. I'll just listen because I mean, really, you know, wisdom, voice, yeah. But the way he's, yeah. So we're talking to Chad Stutzman. Um, if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Chad Stutzman. C H A D Chad Stutzman is S T U T Z M A N. Chad Stutzman, how else can someone else uh, follow follow you? And because I love the leadership things you share every, every week, where else can they follow you, yeah. Chad? Yeah, I mean, I post all of my uh, stuff on chadstutzman.com. Okay, so that's my that's my website. Uh, I've got a bunch of other articles there. You can search on on nice. faith, character, leadership stuff. I'm also on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find me on on any of those. I'm on LinkedIn. As well for business folks out there, nice. uh, I have a I have a LinkedIn account as well, and I try to post things to all of those medias. So that's probably the best way to okay. stay in touch. Chad awesome. Stutzman, he had an article on May fourth: six leadership lessons I've learned during the pandemic, and the six very quickly. One: leaders have to make decisions without all the facts. Two: adaptability and flexibility are key characteristics of successful leaders. Three: a crisis shows the emotional intelligence of a leader. Four, leaders will always be criticized. Five, faith in God really makes a difference. And six, and I love this one, mm-hmm. times like this are always preparing us for what is next. We don't know what is next, do we, Chad? I mean, there's a lot of unknown right now in America. There is. There's a lot of unknown, but God is in control. And so that, that's where faith comes in. And, and taking advantage of this time. You know, mm. don't just sit there. That's what we tried to as a church. We didn't just sit there and wait till we can open mm. up again. We improved. We reached out. We did everything we could to make a difference in little ways and big ways. Yeah. Now, this weekend, and before we let you go, you know, Mike and I already agreed. Mike Mike is going to pray for you. And this weekend, um, you're opening your church. And, and it's like yeah. a grand opening, not just a reopening, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, it is a reopening. So we've been, uh, the one campus has been open since November okay. through March, and then we shut down. Nice. And so we're opening both campuses this weekend. Great. Yeah. Great. Well, Chad, we love you. We're, we're a better organization because you're one of our 162 leaders, and thank yes. you so much for joining us today. We've been talking to Chad Stutzman here on Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Chad is an executive pastor of Grace Church in Sugar Creek, Ohio. Beautiful, beautiful part yes. of the country. If you've never been to that part of the country, uh, that is should be on your to-go list. Uh, but Chad, before we let you go, though, Mike, would you would you pray for be, Chad and the ministry? Um, and again, we'll we'll share again how you can learn more about Chad here in a second. Father, we're just so grateful uh, for gifts 
to the body of Christ. And one of the greatest gifts that we've been experiencing is the wisdom that you've given Chad mm-hmm. on leadership and how to help us out. Thank you for his insight, his wisdom, his walk with the Lord that just shines through all of us, uh, that we can just grow closer uh, to God. Father, bless him with great insights. Bless his church this weekend as they have some real creative ideas how to uh, open up their church in a safe way. But Lord, just bless their services. Bless his family. And I thank you for just continually in the days to come, filling him with the knowledge of God that we can glean and we can learn and grow better as a church in America. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. ChadStutzman.com. C-H-A-D, Chad Stutzman, S-T-U-T-Z-M-A-N, Chad Stutzman. Com. Chad, we love you, brother. Thanks, guys. I really enjoyed it. Good, good talk. Well, we uh, we appreciate all that you and others are doing across the country for those in need with this pandemic. And uh, I say this all the time: this is a perfect time, Chad, for the church to shine, and you guys are shining brightly in Ohio. We love you, and we'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you. God bless you, man. Chad Stutzman, executive pastor of Grace Grace Church in Ohio, yeah. Mike. I love awesome. this guy. Uh, he is, you know, when and there's there's always interesting things going on in ministry. You know, you've been in ministry for decades, and as the ultimate day to day leader, ultimate not with a capital U, small U of, mm-hmm. of eight days of hope. There's things that come up, and and you're always looking for wisdom, That's right. especially when you have to make some interesting decisions. And I lean on guys like you and Chad all the time. Boy, he is wise. Well, just and and then the points that he points out here are just so spot on. And uh, leadership is tough sometimes, and decisions are hard to make, especially if you're this kind of guy that some people want, ah, I don't want to get off the beaten path here. But sometimes God just says, uh-uh, I, I, I'm, I'm stretching you. Stretch, 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 and uh, hey, he helps us get in that right direction. You know, Just really appreciate his ministry. So today, if you're listening across the country and you're a member of a church, and, and if 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 you know, if you live where I live, which is in New York, and even though I go to Mississippi a lot, a lot of churches have been closed for eight, nine weeks. And so they've had to kind of reinvent themselves. So, of course, some churches were on the internet, Mike, you know, within right. a day, right? I mean, the next, the, the first Sunday that they were told they could not meet in right. many states, not all states, they very quickly, you know, on their Facebook page, they broadcast live. And mm-hmm. now, since then, churches have gotten deeper in the way they're communicating. They're doing youth groups through That's social right. media. They're doing Sunday school or community care groups through social media. And then, unfortunately, there are some churches out there that don't have the the resources, Mike, right. or the capability, or maybe even the know-how, I'm not saying that they're not wise, right. but they know how to do this. But you know what I like, Mike? Hmm. I've heard time and time again, I heard of a church in Texas this past week, a church in Alabama. Okay. They, in essence, adopted another church that they knew that didn't have an online presence. Okay. And we said, you know what? We're going to help you do this for free. We just want to help you to connect with your congregation. How awesome is that? That is, that is crazy good. I mean, what's some detail there that actually go to the the church that doesn't have it help them set it up or yeah. invite them to their yeah so so both so so one one they literally walked them through on how to set up a zoom okay. account uh the other one set up a face and i know everyone's like wow we're on facebook how tough is that well some people don't know how to go live on facebook right, right? what's it's this difficult. button for right? <laughs> and how do you do it and come across in a professional way yeah. where you know you, you know how to do all that so um Couple things they 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 put some uh, uh, digital things together, electronic things together to okay. share it, but then they did practice some social distancing and they showed up and they they help them set up cameras and mm. they borrowed equipment. We have we know of churches, Mike, that have opened up their studio so another church could come in and use their that studio. Is what it's all about. Amen. I mean, give as you've been given much, 
Give it out. <laughs> Isn't that a biblical, biblical uh, principle right there? But give it. Give it out. Um, that's why we are together in this together. And that is a point of being together. We just don't want to say, hey, we're together. What are you doing? We're together. What are you doing? Well, I have this, and you can have this to help your congregation get in touch and be in tune with what's going on. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. More information about Eight Days of Hope, go to the website, eightdaysofhope.com. We, too, are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So follow us and uh, watch some of the adventures that God has us on. Mike, it's a busy season. I know we only got about four or five minutes left on today's show. And thank you for tuning in. Please tune in every week at this time on this station. You can uh, tune in on on our website, eightdaysofhope.com. You can also uh, sign up for podcasts. But, Mike, Hurricane season is upon us in eight days of hope we respond very quickly after disasters tornadoes Mm -hmm. floods hurricanes we need volunteers that know how to make food that know how to tarp a roof that can clean up debris off of a a site of a home who had just lost everything and it's going to be a little bit unique for us the next couple months but god has not called us to sit still and not do anything sit still what is that (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah you can go to the website just look at some of the testimonies, look at some of the stories, look at how you can get involved. At least get your name in the loop, yes. uh, and then we can get you the information out. As we get it, we'll send it right out to you. We won't, as you say, we're not going to blow up your uh, your, your emails, no, but you'll no, get the no. information that you're going to want to know about how you can get involved. So sign up for the email alerts. Uh, go to 8dayshope.com, and a box will appear, and you just submit your email address. We will not blow up your email. Uh, address, I promise. But we'll let you know whenever God's opened up a door for us to serve. Our last right. trip was in Nashville after the tornadoes, and we know that we'll be going somewhere in the next six to eight weeks. Now, if we do, Mike, we might have to do it a little bit differently than sure. we've done in the past, Sure, but we are not going to ignore uh, the need of people, but we need to do it safely, honor the local rules and guidelines, and we'll do that. Well, there's a lot of structure that will have to be put in place, a little yep. different, but you know, we'll get it done so yep. we can continue to serve. Yes. Hey, real quick, uh, a real quick ask, and we normally don't ask, but today I want to. If you go to our Facebook page, 8daysofhope.com, uh, we had a donation of a food trailer. We have multiple feeding trailers that can make up 500 meals, 1,500 meals a day, and, and we have two of them. And American Family Radio, one of our partners, just bought us a third one. One, really? And now we need to buy the equipment. Yeah, so that one is going to go to Cedar Rapids when we expand in the Midwest later this year. But we need to buy some equipment. Yes. And so if you are able to help us do that, we'd really like to do that in the next couple of weeks. You can donate right online mm-hmm. at 8daysofhope.com and just in, in the in the notes put feeding trailer. But Mike, we're, we're looking to raise another thirty forty thousand yeah. dollars but that, that unit will be used for the sure. next two decades. Well, that's the thing. And it's never be... And I and no, you're not. Never be afraid or ashamed to ask, because right. what where's that going? Right to the person to feed them a yeah. trailer that needs equipment so we can feed more people. Feed more. We need to feed more people, especially now with the pandemic. So again, if you go to our website eightdaysofhope.com, or you can mail a check to our PO box, and I'll give that to you in a minute. But again, we're right now this week, next week, we're going to be raising funds to buy the confectionery ovens, to buy the, the sinks, and go to our Facebook page, and you can see this. The picture of the trailer that, that God just provided, but yeah. then you'll see next to it the picture of the items that we need to buy. Sure. There's always something more that we need to do. <laughs> yes. uh, 
uh, so thankful for the donors over the years. Sure. And, and as you go to the website, uh, if you're a cook, if you're someone that wants to serve in that way yes. as well as other ways, I love it. sign up, volunteer, and you're going to be a part of the new trailer with the new stove, refrigerators, whatever we need. It'll be there. 8daysofhope.com. If you want to mail a donation, send it to P.O. Box 3208-3208, Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. P.O. Box 3208, Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. That address is on our Facebook and website as well. Mike, another week's in the books. I'm telling you, it might be an era of of, of COVID, but it's it's an exciting time to live through and it to watch is. what God is doing. Yes, it's been a great show this week. Enjoy being here with you and, and the listeners. So thankful for Chad Stutzman. He was our guest today. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Go to our website and uh, listen to the podcast or, or the recording. All the past shows are on our website, uh, but today he talked about six leadership lessons that he's learned as an executive pastor during the pandemic. If, you, if you're a leader of a Sunday school, a ministry, a church, um, you definitely want to, to view that. But um, another day, Mike. Wow. wow. Love it, love it, love it. Good time. Hey, I want to pray for our listeners, Mike, before we wrap up, and then we'll, um, I think we'll call it a day shortly thereafter that. Um, right. Father, we just thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much, Father, that you give us an opportunity to be the hands and feet of your son, Jesus, mm-hmm. during a time like this. Father, we had never saw this coming. Yes. Never knew that something like this would ever happen during our lives. And yet, mm-hmm. Father, today you have called the church mm-hmm. to love and serve people That's right. that are confused, that are dazed, mm-hmm. that are wondering what's next. Father, you're not a God of confusion. That's right. Father, you're still sitting on that throne that you were sitting mm-hmm. on the yes. day you created us and the day that you call us home. Father, thank you that we can count on you. Uh, Father, that you are our foundation. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray for the leaders of Eight Days of Hope as we continue to look for ways to serve families due to this pandemic, but also, Father, the disasters that we know that will continue to come Mm -hmm. until you come and get us. Father, I pray for wisdom. Uh, Father, I pray uh, for the equipment that we are looking to provide, the volunteers, Lord. I I just pray that you help us, Father, navigate one day at a time that's following it. the lead of your Holy Spirit. Yes, that's it. Father, I pray for the church as they look for ways to serve those in need during this time. And Father, I just pray that you would bring us together because, Father, we are better mm-hmm. together that's right. as one church. Mm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Yes. Steve Tyber so, so, III. <laughs> I love it. So next week, James Roberson, who's the executive director of 516 Ministries uh, okay. out in Virginia, is going to be our guest. Uh, you're definitely going to want to tune in to, uh, to listen to James. He also is one of our 162 leaders uh, with Eight Days of Hope, and um, he's got a lot of wisdom. And boy, he's yeah. moving and shaking in Virginia, brother. He's getting it done. Sweet spirit on the guy, too. It's just he so is. awesome. He's isn't a it? big guy with big shoulders, yeah. but he's got the hugest heart. <laughs> yeah. He, he really does. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us this week. You've been listening across the country. Uh, so thankful for uh, you tuning in to Hope Reigns. It is a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. And for more information about the ministry, please go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. I'm Steve Tiber with Mike Fiella. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from 8 Days of Hope. 
Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.